Hey, fellow warriors. Welcome to the Azar Mindset Podcast with your host, Altamese Nicole. She's an award-winning founder to the Azar Agency, a philanthropist, mother, daughter, and friend. Here with the Azar Mindset Podcast, we cultivate a safe space and community to be inspired by women worldwide that strive to be the best version of themselves boldly, softly, and unapologetically. And Azar is a warrior created to help. So let's begin to help one another in family, fun, faith, life, and love. Hello, hello everyone, and thank you for joining yet another episode of the Azar Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Altamese Nicole, and I am elated to have this conversation with a dear friend, a mentor, a spiritual teacher, and all of the things, um, just a really instrumental and significant person in my life. Um, I want to introduce you all to Winnie Chang Wang. So she is a trauma-informed licensed acupuncturist, the best-selling author of Embracing Darkness, a professor, a shadow worker, a Reiki healer, uh, an intuitive teacher, all of the things. And I am so grateful. I'm so honored to have her here with us today. And um, I would love to introduce you all to someone that I hold near and dear to my heart. So Winnie, like, please tell us a little bit about you and your journey and and how, how you became to be uh, an intuitive healer and teacher. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast and thank you everybody for tuning in. I just want to thank you for being a loyal follower of Altamese because I really believe that wellness belongs to everyone regardless of income level. And what is wellness? Wellness is not like we get sick and we go to the doctor. <laughs> Although right. most people find me on Yelp because they are sick. Wellness actually starts from the heart, right? And so you can say that wellness can be had by listening to this podcast. So if you haven't already, please give this podcast a five-star review and do leave a comment. You know, if, if you really love it, do share with your friends because, you know, we lived through this three years of COVID. So guess what? Viruses are contagious, but so is positive vibration. So is faith, hope, and love. As much as we want to stay home and quarantine and not give our COVID or our negative vibes to other people, by tuning into this podcast and sharing with your friends, you are actually out there. You know what? I got something good. I got something so good. I want to share it with every friend because I love them and I want them to be in this container, this experience of love. A lot of times people are like, oh, Winnie, you have four science degrees. You have two from MIT <laughs> and you're the valedictorian of your med school. That's so impressive. And if indeed, if you look at my resume, I have worked on Wall Street, you know, at Goldman Sachs. I have a lot of brand names. I've been an entrepreneur and a lot of success on the resume. But what really I want to share with people is my heart and this love because this is what we get to multiply and so that we can bring more love, peace, and harmony to the world. Mm, I love it. What, what sparked your passion and love for helping others and not just, you know, how we traditionally think about helping people of like, oh, let me help you across the street, that kind of thing, but like really helping them do heart work. Like what sparked that for you? So I have to go back in time and rewind the clock. So I'm an Asian immigrant. I came to this country when I was 15 
I've experienced uh, over 10 Me Too's. I've had all kinds of racial discrimination, people making fun of the girl who just got off the boat. So the very first month that I came here, I was in this boarding school and then the girls in the dorm, they took my bras and I had a room that was facing the library of the school and they hang my bra from my window. So one bra hooking another bra and then they tape a sign that says Winnie's Secret. So all my bras were for the whole school to see. And then they took my pads for period and then they, you know, like toilet paper, but they took my, you know, menstrual pads and just put it all over my room and oh my put gosh. shaving cream all over my, my room. And I just thought, what am I going to do about it? You know, I'm an Asian immigrant, right? And back then I didn't have a talk therapist and I came to this country by myself. It's not like I can go to my mom, my dad, my brother, my friends. I had zero people in this country, just me and the school. And so, you know, I think that bullying, discrimination, and Me Too is just something that happens to people. What I've had to do and, you know, Altamese can tell you how much she loves shadow work, was understanding that I'm not a victim. Things don't happen to me. Things happen for me, right? So everything that happened in my life whether it's a me too or, you know, an act of bullying or discrimination, it actually made me stronger and more resilient. And now I feel like I'm a well-loved woman. I can often be found wearing pink and skirts and dresses and singing, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And that is indeed true. (laughs) That's indeed true. But so like this idea of, of shadow work, because I can I can promise you people are like, how did you get from that experience of what sounds to be a horrific moment of bullying to just embracing every experience as something that happens for your good rather than to you in, in, a, in a way of, of like keeping you from being successful or in your way or someone trying to hurt you, how did you, how how did you shift that perspective? Number one, and what in the world is shadow work? Like I personally know what it is because of you and with your help and support, but what is shadow work? So let's talk about my awakening journey because for the first 37 years in my life, I was unconscious and I follow the matrix, the formula. Okay, study hard, get married, have kids, try to get a job, pay bills, you know, the matrix formula. Yep. And then when I was 37, I had this near-death car accident. And I just knew that the old way of living wasn't helping my ascension, right? This. I was unaware and I was a victim. I blamed everything on everyone. Basically, I was either angry or scared. Those were my Mm. two states. Mm. Or sad, but I didn't know how to have joy. I might have been partying with friends, going on vacations, eating good food, but I wasn't connected to my sole purpose. I wasn't doing what I came here to do. So if you've ever had anxiety and depression, this feeling like something just isn't right, but I can't quite put a finger on it. Chances are it's because you are not in alignment with what you came here to do. 
So when I had that near-death car accident, I was introduced to meditation and I got into Reiki. And so for a couple years, I became a healer of love and light. Every day, every night, I chanted mantras, love and light, love and light, love and light. In fact, I had what we call the good vibes only. Oh, well, if you don't chant mantras and if you don't meditate, then I'm better than you. And I don't want to hang out with you. I had a little um, superiority complex about my spiritual practices. And then I had a second wake-up call, which was my divorce. Hmm. My divorce brought me to my knees because... The report card, what does the data say about exactly how much love, peace, and harmony is in my life? Because if I am as love and light as I said I am, well, why why do I have a divorce? Hmm. Right? So people, it's easy to say love and light, but two people say love and light. (laughs) How much work? they have done, how much shadow work, how much inner healing they've done is different. You cannot judge a person by how often they chant love and light. Right. So when I had my divorce, it brought me to my knees and I spent countless nights going through dark nights of the soul where I'm like, oh, let me sit with my anger. Let me sit with my sadness, my fear, my shame, my unworthiness, my selfishness, my ego, my manipulation, my drama queen, my scarcity, my victim, my entitlement, all of these things. Anything that I've ever pointed a finger at somebody, let me look at that in myself. Shadow work is the process of just observing the deepest, darkest parts of ourselves and also finding compassion. Well, if you had the parents and the grandparents that I had, my mom and dad were refugees. My grandparents were refugees. So my parents and grandparents, they had to sit in a boat under the disguise of the night of the sky. How much belonging can you have when you're a refugee on the boat? Mm -hmm. So truly, they were victims. They were scarce. So what kind of daughter do you think they raised? Yeah. A victim that vibrated scarcity. So If you put 10 women in my shoes, 10 women would behave with a victim scarcity mindset. And so shadow work isn't putting more shame and guilt on myself. Oh, Winnie, look at the way you behave. You were this nasty, you know, the B word on women that's often called. You know, you were so nasty to your ex-husband. It's not about that. It's not about pointing fingers and blaming myself, but rather it's about finding compassion for me, for my parents, for my ancestors. Gosh, the trauma that they have been through, right? The wars that they had to escape to make the choice of being a refugee just to stay alive. And so... And then shadow work also isn't just finding compassion and allowing yourself to stay stuck. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to be a victim forever. No, that's not the point, (laughs) right? Shadow work isn't the excuse. Oh, I can be angry and I can have fear forever. The, The shadow work is first find compassion. And step two is to transform the shadow into the light right? It's, it's to have the opportunity to heal everything that my ancestors did not get to heal. And this is why first I wrote the book called Honoring Darkness, Embrace Shadow Work to Nourish and Grow Your Power. Because truly, when I am not afraid of my darkness, 
I become unmesswivable because none of the people, none of the darkness out there scares me because I've already faced that darkness in me. And then the second part is after another mass shooting, 20 minutes from my house, I just said, enough is enough. I'm going to start a nonprofit called Compassionate Transformation. And um, Altamis is also on the board of this, where we are introducing and embracing traditional and alternative modalities so that we can bring mental wellness to everyone. And if you ask me one word or one phrase, what are we doing in compassion transformation? Quite simply, it's just opening the heart to connect to our spiritual nature, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. when we open our heart, we realize we're all human. We all have traumas. We all have ancestors and Together, we can help each other. I love that. I love that. And um, from my personal experience, so I learned about shadow work probably like sometime last year um, and the concept of shadow work. And I was like, this sounds uh, very deep (laughs) and a little painful, but I had you know, recently gone through a divorce myself. I was, you know, trying to heal um, from residue, I I call it. So like a lot of times people get out of of a divorce and they're healing from the relationship, from that divorce. I think I did my healing inside before I even asked for the divorce, but there was residue around coping mechanisms, um, behavioral patterns that I had created to protect myself. And I was ready to kind of shed them. I was ready to, to, to face the things about myself that I was either subconsciously unaware of or just, you know, kind of glazing over and ignoring altogether. And I had no idea where to start. I had no clue. I was like, I know I need to do shadow work, but I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Right. So Winnie and I attend this conference in Vegas and we're both receiving awards. I don't know her yet. I have no idea. I haven't met her. And I'm walking into the conference and I'm like, yes, ready to learn and, you know, receive my award. And I'm walking past all the vendor booths. And as I'm walking past the vendor booths, my spirit says, oh, stop by that one. They're your people. And Literally, it was an audible voice that I heard and I responded and I said, oh, they're my people. Okay, I got to go there. I got to go there. I didn't go initially. I went and got breakfast, did some networking, you know, didn't realize that I was about to meet one of my spiritual teachers. So then I walk out and I go to the to that vendor table and on the table is Honoring Darkness, the book. And it says embracing shadow work. And I'm like, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I literally was just telling my cousin about this this weekend. I was like, oh yeah, I need the book. And there was a lady at the table and she's like, oh, they're $25. And And I was like, oh, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. In that moment, PayPal wouldn't work. Venmo stopped working. I was like, I can Zelle. And they're like, oh, let's see. And we're like trying to figure out why payments aren't working. And then a woman just walks up and she comes to my side and she's like, hey, I'm Winnie. What's your name? And I'm like, oh, I'm Altamese. And she says, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a publicist and, you know, I'm the CEO of the Azar Agency. And, you know, this book is perfect because I'm trying to prepare for shadow work and I don't even know where to start. And she says, oh, I'm the author. And she said, and you know of shadow work? She was like, and you're a publicist? She was like, listen, if you do my course, I will give you this course for free. I will give you my book for free. I will sign it for you. She said, "All and, and if you complete my course, we'll talk about potentially being my publicist because the fact that you know what shadow work is, that's step one. And I'm thinking to myself, what? <laughs> like, 
what? And she's like, oh, and give me a hug. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, give me a hug. And literally that was the start. That was the beginning of my relationship with Winnie. And, you know, fast forward, I, I go through her course. I read her book. And let me tell you all, doing shadow work is not a, you can't speed through it. You can't rush yourself through it. You gotta have to sit like in the feelings that you feel and allow them to come through you, right? To process through you so they can be let go, so they can be released. Um, So it was an 11 week course, but like, I'm, I honestly feel like I'm still doing shadow work in different places. Like it's, it's like an ever evolving process, but in that process, we're on a call and then I'm talking to her and I think actually it was email and I sent you a message and I said, I think my great grandmother connected us because she's shaman and I know she's very present in my life. I don't even know what shamanism really means. I have no idea. I said, but I think she connected us. And then that's when Winnie shares with me that she's a Christian shaman and a healer. And I want to share that with you all because nothing in life is by accident. Like there are like, we can call them coincidences or whatever, but like everything is so divinely connected and intertwined for our good. Even the things that we think are bad. And, you know, I just, I publicly want to honor Winnie because she's so selfless in giving her time, her resources, her, her wisdom, her insight, just herself for the very thing that she's talking about, for helping other people address their, their trauma, heal internal wounds, begin shadow work. Like that is literally, you know, not only does she do the work for herself, but she made it a mission to help other people go through that. And I, I just want everyone to understand because this may be a new introduction to you, um, to shadow work and what it all means. And, you know, it may seem a little frou-frou and fluffy to you, but like it's it's literal work. And it's as if you are partnering with God on a deeper level to say, thank you, God, for creating me. And I'm I'm ready and I'm willing to embrace all of me. Even the bad parts, like even the icky, icky, ugly dark places that we don't want to admit we have, but every single one of us has. So like Winnie, I I thank you for just being a vessel for helping people in this place. Like if someone wanted to, you know, your book helped me tremendously in having steps to do the work, but you know, let's say someone doesn't have your book yet and they're, this is the first time they've ever heard of it. How would they start? What would you tell them yeah. to initiate that process? What What would you say? Perfect. So I'm going to demystify shadow work because the word sounds very scary, doesn't it? Yeah. But I'm going to give an analogy. Shadow work is a little bit like planning a wedding and brushing your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Please, do, do, tell, do tell. Okay. So shadow work is a little bit like planning a wedding because if you want a really good wedding, you're going to want to hire an event planner or at least buy the book so you get the checklist. Mm. Because what if you remember to buy the dress, but you forget the flowers? Or may you remember the flowers, you forgot the cake. You remember the cake, but you forgot the videographer, right? So it's like, A, if you have money, hire an event planner. If you don't have money, get a book, you know, for $28, which is the price of my book, you get a comprehensive checklist so that you can just put check marks, right? Dress, cake, flowers, videographer, right? So when I wrote the book, it's just 10 simple steps. You do the 10 steps, you're going to get there. Okay. I'm, it's just, of course, right? Getting the dress. You can spend three months reading every bride magazine, going to every shop and trying everything. You can go cake tasting. You can interview videographers. So 
how deep you go into each particular bucket, that's up to you, right? If you just want a cake, but you don't care if it's chocolate or red velvet, you just want a cake, you know? So how deeply each person wants to go into the shadow is up to you. But nonetheless, it's still helpful to have the book because it gives you structure. And secondly, shadow work is like brushing teeth. It's not like you do it for three months and you graduate. No, you don't have one day in your life where you don't want to brush teeth. In fact, let me tell you, if you've never brushed teeth in your life, (laughs) and then one day somebody hands you a toothbrush and a toothpaste and you brush teeth for three months, I promise you there's no way you would want to stop brushing teeth in month four. You'll be like, oh my God. I need to keep brushing my teeth every day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I want to I want to bring up something that I think could be uh, a barrier for people who identify as Christian and they are a believer in Jesus and they love God and they have been taught that literally anything that sounds off or spiritual or woo-woo is witchcraft and you should stay away from it. Like if there's somebody listening and they're like, oh, this shadow work, what is this? That's not of God. You know, (laughs) like if there's someone listening that has that perspective, what would you, what would you share with them? So first of all, I actually did this exercise. Jesus is mentioned five times in the book (laughs) and So on step 10, I actually talked about my encounter with Jesus, which is Mm. doing the shadow work actually led me closer to Jesus. Yes. Uh, I feel like if I talk about it, I'm giving the ending away because that's like the climax. But I'm going to give you a little bit just because I want to reassure people that. So. The good news is that Jesus died on the cross for us and then his blood can wash away our sins. So shadow work is actually repentance. It's actually saying, God, I know I'm a sinner. Here are my my sins. I make a platter, an offering. Please take my sins and give me love, forgiveness, compassion, light, humility, harmony, abundance, gratitude, service, and enlightenment, right? So everything is yin-yang. So the book is structured. For example, chapter one, the shadow of love is grief because grief is love with nowhere to go, right? So whether we're going through a divorce or our pet died, our parents died, whatever grief you're transitioning in. So the grief is the shadow. The shadow work is taking that grief and turning it into love. In fact, I'm going to say right now, without my relationship with Jesus, human cannot turn grief into love because my ego holds on to the darkness very tightly. It is through receiving God's love, Jesus' love, that I can let go of the grief and receive the love, right? If I have love, it's because God loves me first. So in other words, this book is but a self-discovery journey. What is the grief, the anger, the fear, the shame that I currently hold in my body? And how can I pray to Jesus and ask for his forgiveness and have gratitude for his blood, for washing away my darkness so that I can move from shadow to light? And then chapter 10, I actually talk about Easter Sunday, where I literally had a resurrection because it was the first Easter Sunday after my divorce. Mm -hmm. And, okay, 
I'm just going to say you're gonna to have to read chapter ten to find out what exactly happened to me on Easter Sunday. But basically, I encountered a very dark, intrusive thought of giving up my life and how Jesus literally came and resurrected me. So if you want to find out more, you're going to have to read the book for, for exactly what Jesus told me, okay? I love that. I love that. And you mentioned yin-yang. Can you talk more about that and, and what that means and, you know, what how that integrates into, you know, you talked about it in terms of shadow work, but how does that integrate into life, uh, you know, in general? Yes. So yin-yang is simply observing nature. The word yang actually means the sun, right? So in the old days, I'm a farmer. So I'm bending over. When the sun hits my back, that's the yang side because it gets sun. The front is the yin side because the yin is the shadow. The sun doesn't hit the shadow side. So yin and yang is simply something we observe in nature. So yang is warm and yin is cold. And yang is masculine and yin is feminine, right? So we observe that heat rises and cold descends. So when we talk about yin yang, it's just a way of observing nature, And what that really says is how do we live in harmony is when each of us have a balance of yin energy and yang energy. So for example, why are women paid 77 cents on the dollar, Mm. right? Because we have had thousands of years of patriarchy where we valued productivity, right? We value what school you go to? How many dollars do you make? Yeah. How many followers do you have? And rather than looking at how forgiving is that person? How compassionate is that person? How much joy is that person radiating to the world? Right? So, I can understand why we traditionally judged each other by the metrics because metrics is tangible, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's easy. I just open Instagram and I can see how many followers I have, right? I open my bank app and I can see how many dollars I have. And so traditionally we valued success. We valued conquering, And so actually, if we want to bring the world into balance, it's about softening. Mm. It's about each of us, instead of blaming, oh, why is it that I only get 77 cents on the dollar? Can I rest more? Mm. Can I appreciate my perfection the way that I am? exactly as I am. And I know that I'm like this, which is because of my ancestry, right? I'm an immigrant. I work hard. I'm Asian. So double the stereotype. And my parents are refugee, grandparents refugee. So our survival depended on hard work. So then the question is, Winnie, can you tell me that I don't need to work hard to make money to end? I will have an abundant life. Well, yes and no. (laughs) If you only are aware of your human ego 3D self, then yes. Work your ass off, okay? Because that is what you need to survive. However, if you know God 
and you pray every day, and you're in touch with your spiritual nature, and you have help in the spiritual realm, then it's like you only need to work fifty percent. God takes care of the other fifty percent. In other words, we can actually rest in Christ.、Hmm. So basically, I'm like, oh, okay, Winnie. You spend the first forty years of your life trying to work hard because that's the only thing I knew. The Asian immigrant refugee way is work hard, save every penny, work harder. Yeah. And it is through the spiritual work, understanding the power of prayer, and letting God help me. That I actually get to have fun and rest more, and I'm going to tell you one secret. The secret is trusting everything happens for me in divine timing. Because、hmm. let me tell you, so many times in my life I've been angry at God. <laughs> I'm like God,、yeah. haven't you heard my prayers? I pray every day. I said I need this money now. God, haven't you told like heard my prayers? I told you, help me connect the students to my classes. Right? I need the income. God, where are you? I've told you a million times. Yep. So this is sitting with your anger at God is part of the shadow work.、Mm. In my experience, every time I give myself permission to have this completely authentic, angry conversation with God, is when I actually experience the breakthrough with God, deepening the intimacy, because. That is when I experience the greatest mercy.、Mm. Because no matter how angry I am at God, God takes all my angry anger around like a vacuum cleaner, <laughs> right? Just suck up all my anger, right? <laughs> And then he he gives me peace,、mm. right? So imagine. Instead of holding, harboring this anger, God, I pray every day. I show up. I serve. Why isn't this happening? Like, if everybody just really got honest with God and just go to town and telling God everything, you're like, God, why isn't this happening? Yes, yes. <laughs> that is actually when I experience the greatest mercy because God returns peace. It's like I'm like, wow, this is this is great. This is how I truly know. God loves me unconditionally, right? Because it doesn't matter how angry and ugly I get with God, God still loves me. Yes, yes. And you know what? I I love I love that I love that you shared that. I think、um, a lot of people have to unlearn a lot of things that we were taught, right? Because I remember as a child, I was told not to question God. I was told. You know, you don't ask God why. You don't. You don't, because God, that's not your place, right? But sometimes, right? I want to know why. Like, I want to sit there and be like, God, what? What in the world? What is this? What is happening? Like, <laughs> and have that real, honest, authentic relationship with my Creator, because He created me. It's not like, it, you know, if it's not as if. Because I don't say why, or I don't ask why, God doesn't already know that it's in my heart, and that He's, he, you know what I mean? Like He, yeah, yeah. He, He knows it's already there. He knows that I'm mad. He knows that I'm frustrated. He knows this, and just me walking around as a human, like、mm, I can't say nothing to God, but man, am I pissed off that <laughs> this isn't working? You know, like it's like He already knows. So like, if He's our heavenly Father. And he says we can come to him about anything. Why can't we come to him with our anger? 
Why can't we come to him asking him why? Right. And I'm, I'm realizing sometimes we just don't ask the right questions. I, th- I think sometimes, you know, we go to God and we're asking questions and we get frustrated because we're not getting the answer. When in reality, we just need to tweak the question a little bit. Right. And kind of go a little deeper in how we're asking the question to to be able to have the the, the sight to see the answer. Because sometimes it may not even be that he's not answering us. We just don't, we can't see it because our focus is on the why rather than, you know, fine tuning that question to, to become available and open to whatever God shares with us. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I love that you shared that. Go ahead. Okay. So I do want to share three things of what you shared. The first thing is what you were taught is right. Hmm. It is not that we shouldn't question God or why is this God's plan, but rather it's acknowledging that I have blind spots. I don't know what I don't know 99% of the time. So I'm a very practical person. And the way I like to explain this is, Rather than wasting my precious time on asking God why it, or is this happening, is to trust God that he knows what is best for all his sons and daughters. That I am divinely loved, protected, and supported. And if I don't come with greed if I don't come with hatred, if I don't think that I'm separate from all the other sons and daughters, if I just show up every day to use God's gift the way he wants me to use the gift, mm. in divine timing, I will be honored, glorified, and elevated. Mm. So it's kind of like it takes nine months to make a baby, is to trust that I don't know how long it is that I'm in this training camp for God training me, but I know that as soon as the bread is baked, it will be served. So if you feel like, oh, I'm so struggling, that's because you're still baking in the oven, right? So the it's not that we shouldn't question God. It is always okay to ask God. There's no such thing as dumb questions. However, there's no such thing as dumb questions and ask any question you want, but do know that God has your best interest in heart. So therefore we don't need to waste time asking the, why is this happening? Just take it that this is happening for my highest good. And The second thing is I realize it's all about alignment. So there are two forces. Yes, God has a perfect plan, but God also gave each of us free will. So in other words, every second you have a choice to align yourself closer to God or align yourself further from God. Hmm. And this is a decision that you make every second you have a new opportunity to make this commitment. Hmm. And what I find is my ego, oh gosh, is so weak. I want, don't want to get out of bed. I want to stay on the couch and watch Netflix. What really helps me stay closer in my commitment to service is surrounding myself with also people who want to align with God, right? I think that's why Altamies and I are aligned, and I hope all of you podcast listeners are also aligned because When we are aligned, 
we can do great things together. Yes. Right? When we are aligned, that is how God can shine and rain all more gifts and more abundance. You know, in the Bible, it says some of us are the hands and the feet, right? Mm -hmm. The bones, the brain, the organ. Mm -hmm. So if we just stay playing the role that God has intended for us to play, and then we align ourselves with other people who are also committed, then together we have the whole body. And when we have the whole body, we're going to realize, wow, all I need to do is learn how to be the hand. <laughs> I don't need to know how to do anything else. That's right. That, oh, that's beautiful. That's very, very beautiful. And, and Winnie, talk to us about CTC and the birth of CTC and, you know, what, the mission and the programs and all of that, all of the great things. Sure. So I love helping people see their own perfection, right? Because I really believe everyone is a son. But if you don't know your son, it's just because you're covered by dark clouds. Mm. So the suffering that you have isn't the real you. But once we remove the dark clouds, you will discover that you are a shining star, and so in the beginning, I had a private practice. And by all means, if you have money, please book me for privates. And I also felt that it is important that wellness belongs to the people, regardless of income level. And I asked myself, well, why can't you have a private practice where you take clients, but also have group experiences? So I actually do have a for-profit company called Heart Center LA where it's very low cost, like $25, where you can come into these smaller group healings. But then I also want to have just absolutely free opportunities. And that's why we have compassionate transformation. So if you go on mindfulhealingheart.com slash events, you will be able to see all the very low price point and also completely free activity that I offer on a weekly and monthly basis. As I explained before, this work is like brushing teeth, right? So some of these programs, gosh, brushing teeth once a month, I can't tell you, it's not enough. <laughs> yes. So I have some weekly programs, uh, such as Wednesday, 7 p.m., where we talk about traditional Chinese medicine and some of these issues. For example, last night we talk about racial conflict. So we talk about the U.S.-Chinese conflict. And then uh, next week, we're going to talk about gender issues. So the topic changes, but the outcome is the same, that we practice qigong, which is a kind of breath work. It's a little bit like yoga, where with each inhale and exhale breath, we can literally receive nourishment and release blockages. So if you've never done Qigong before, definitely check it out. It's absolutely free. And if you love it, give us some donations. And we also have some monthly programs. And one of them that we're very excited about is called Ancestral Voices. And what it is, is we realize that right now living in America, we have the Native Americans that originally lived in the land in the 1400s. Right, We have the Europeans that came in, and then we have people from Africa, and we have people from Asia, and we have people from Mexico. So we are a melting pot of many different lineages. And each of us carry our ancestral trauma, right? For example, my mom, my grandparents are refugee. 
And so when we come together and share both our ancestral trauma and our ancestral wisdom, then we can together find compassion for our traumas and we can transform practicing the spiritual tradition from the Native American elders, from Chinese Taoist Buddhist practice, from yoga, right, from the Celtics and all the different maybe African shamanism, right, all the different spiritual tradition. I believe it's different ways of saying forgiveness, different ways of practicing gratitude. And when we really come together and be one, I think it's a really, really great program. So really encourage everybody to check that out. I love that. I love that. And if there's someone listening and they, you know, definitely want to buy your book, but they want to learn more about who you are and what you do and staying connected with you, where can they find you? So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube as Mindful Healing Heart. And if you want to be my friend, I absolutely love messaging people. So Winnie Chan Wang, I love hugs. So if you ever come to me, even if it's Zoom, just give me a Zoom hug. That's also okay. (laughs) I am a lover and really look forward to hearing from you. And yeah, leave a comment if you love this podcast episode and share with your friends. I love it. I love it. And and thank you again, Winnie, for just your service and your beautiful heart. Um, you truly have changed my life um, by writing the book that helped me to just have the courage to do my own shadow work and start that journey. Um, so I just want to thank you. And to all the listeners Um, remember exactly what Winnie said. Like, it doesn't have to feel daunting. It doesn't have to feel like this, this huge shadow, so to speak, that you're, you're going to embrace and, and, and dive into. It's literally just, you know, giving them to God openly and transparently and saying, here, God, I don't want to hold this anymore. And I would like your help. (laughs) And then he takes that and in return gives us love and peace. Um, So, you know, again, be sure to connect with Winnie. If you want to participate in any of the programs, we will have all of the links below for CTC. So you can join us uh, throughout the week. And thank you again for joining us with another episode. And we're going to see you next time. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode of the Azar Mindset Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay connected and in the know of all upcoming inspiring conversations with Altamese Nicole and inspiring women from all around the world. Until next time. Stay soft and fearless, queen.